Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Revenue Integrity Show, Anari Podcast. My name, for those of you who I haven't had the pleasure of interacting with yet, is Jacqueline Fitzgerald, and I'm the director of NARI. If you've just stumbled upon our podcast recently, uh, just a few things to note. NARI is the National Association for Healthcare Revenue Integrity. If you haven't had a chance to check out our website, you can find us online at nari.org. That's N-A-H-R-I.org. We've got a lot of great webinars, resources, tools, um, and news up there for you, as well as a networking forum and a bunch of other great ways to interact with folks in the industry. So the last time that we were all chatting with each other, uh, we talked about data-driven denial prevention, new tactics to halt old finger pointing. My guests on that episode were Shannon Case, managing consultant at Baker Tilly, and Geneva Schlaback, co-founder and CEO of Vispa. So if you haven't had a chance to catch up on recent episodes, you can find us across major streaming platforms, or you can stream right from our website at nari.org backslash podcast. The discussion that we'll have today is clinical documentation data holds the key to relieving physician burnout. My guest today is Mary Pat Langer, Director, HIM Services at Deliver Health. Mary Pat, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jackie, for having me. I'm excited to talk about this and uh, to be able to share some information with your listeners. Absolutely. Great to have you here. And before Mary Pat and I go ahead and get into our discussion for today, just a reminder about the Unari Leadership Council applications. Um, so we are accepting applications currently for the second term of the Leadership Council. Uh, this is a group of like-minded folks in revenue integrity and revenue cycle leadership positions within healthcare facilities. Uh, it is free to join, it's free to apply, and we do have an incentive right now if you apply prior to uh, September 17th, you get a coupon code for a free webinar as a thank you for showing your interest in the council. Uh, so this is a one-year term. Uh, we meet quarterly to have brainstorming meetings. We have roundtable discussions throughout uh, the year. We pull together some surveys and reports for data uh, so that we can look at industry trends and discuss those in detail. Uh, we have an exclusive e-newsletter available to council members with resources, webinars, tools, and news specific to uh, those leadership positions. Uh, so we do encourage you to share this with your peers, apply yourself, um, and just ignore that deadline on here that I didn't update. It is September 17th to take advantage of um, that uh, free webinar as a thank you uh, for your application. So if you head over to the NARI website um, under network and events, you'll find a link to the council. Uh, just go over there and that should answer um, a handful of different questions as well as link you over to the application. But as always, if you do have any questions about the council or any other NARI efforts, uh, feel free to reach out to me directly. All right, so with that, we're going to go ahead and Mary Pat and I will get into our discussion for today. Uh, so Mary Pat, the first thing that we want to talk about is whether clinical documentation can help alleviate physician burnout. And we know physician burnout is real. It's a huge problem in the industry. So what are some ways that clinical documentation might be able to lend a hand there? So I think it's it's not so much clinical documentation itself because oftentimes that's cited as a cause of burnout, but it's the manner in which the providers do their documentation. And I think that 
directors and revenue cycle teams have tremendous access within documentation platforms. That's hours and times of documentation, its habits, its lengths, its methodology. And within that, making that process as efficient as possible for the provider is really a strong way to alleviate burnout because the inefficiencies of it are what causes the burnout. I think that um, there is opportunity to look at the time of day if a provider is using traditional dictation and transcription, you can track the time of day that they're doing their dictation, the time that's lapsed from when they saw the patient and when they do the dictation, the length of the dictation and the thoroughness of the dictation. And by looking at those things, you may be able to suggest other methodologies. For example, a provider that sp spends a considerable amount of time in the evening during non-typical working hours catching up on documentation could very well be susceptible to burnout. And that provider may be more and more suited towards an asynchronous scribing solution where the recording is done while he's he or she is actually with the patient and then converted by a, a trained medical scribe into the structured note that that provider uh, would want created on behalf of the patient. That's a great way to give that provider back more time because if the encounter is recorded while the patient is there, there is no additional dictation time. And those late night dictation hours go away, the timeliness of the reports improves, and normally the quality of the documentation because the entire encounter is recorded. So asynchronous scribing is one of the ways to look at it. Uh, looking at does a provider have repetitive queries with either within either CDI or the coders? Is there a way to prompt the provider through dictation prompts or through template usage to make sure that those frequent queries are eliminated by retraining and, and re-educating the provider on the specificity necessary for dictations. Oftentimes, being chased down for a query, having to go back into the chart to look is another cause of burnout. And, and having the evaluation of their repetitive queries and providing them with additional tools helps cut down on one more phase where they're being interrupted. And, and again, that, that calls to the educational sessions. Your CDI team, your coders, um, they're a great source of information for providers and for the provider's habits. I've not ever talked to a CDI who couldn't name right off the top of, of their head who the, the biggest queries were from within a facility. And it just takes looking at that data, showing the data to the provider and helping he, he or, or she get to the point where those queries are eliminated. I think that the physicians that aren't timely in their uh, documentation who have great lengths, you know, time between their documentation, 
they also could benefit from something like asynchronous scribing because then the report is is more immediate and and more thorough. So there's there's a lot of ways to really evaluate the data of documentation. How much time are they spending in the EHR? Could they benefit from templating? Could they benefit from front-end speech? Could they benefit from some other tool within the EHR to improve their documentation, turnaround time, and also the time it takes to create it? Really great points, uh, Mary Pat. And I just had this visual the whole time of like a, a burnt out or tired physician, you know, sitting in front of a laptop at the end of the day, still trying to get that dictation out. Um, and get everything needed for the medical records. So certainly a lot of um, pressure on physicians to, um, you know, get that information in there. And you did touch a bit upon, you know, taking a look at that dictation, looking for other solutions there, um, you know, looking at time spent in EHRs and, and things of that nature. Um, but we know there's a wealth of data that's available to HIM directors and, and folks in the revenue cycle. So are there any other analytics that you think are really important to review when considering physician burnout and trying to alleviate that burnout? Well, I think um, looking at where they're doing the documentation, normally an EHR can pinpoint whether they're on an IP address within the facility or if they're remoted in from home. I think that's a trigger. The more they have to do from home, the more likely they are to be experiencing burnout and, and feeling that pain of being away from their families um, and their, their normal home life activities. I think also just looking at how many times they go in and out of a record, what do they have to look up? Is there a way to personalize the EHR through um, you know, customization of the tools within the EHR to better suit their individual workflow. There's a tremendous amount of expertise available on workflow analysis and customization, personalization of the EHR uh, documentation process. And I think it really, it, it, you know, when it comes down to it, that's almost on a one-to-one -one level where the provider has his habits and rather than adapting his habits to the EHR, anything that can be done to adapt the EHR to his habits and improve them, but also not be completely foreign to him is a big advantage and also a good way to reduce burnout. Absolutely. So if we're taking a look at some of the data points that you've you've mentioned and, and looking at those data analytics, um, what can we apply in the workplace to really make sure that, you know, we're alleviating the challenges that physicians face, um, such as burnout? Um, and then if you have any thoughts just on how frequently it might be good to keep your finger on the pulse of something like that, um, that could be helpful as well. Just, you know, thinking about in, in the event that a physician is struggling with that dictation that you mentioned early on, um, you, you know, you bring in some sort of scribe technology, you know, what are some next steps there to really bring this full circle and, and continue to keep tabs on, you know, the frequency or duration or, or location of, um, you know, the work that physicians are doing when they're not in that clinical encounter? 
Well, I, th I think that, um, you know, depending on the facility and the access to reporting within the EHR, within the transcription and dictation system, you know, you want to look at how many times a, a provider has to go in and out of the same report, what methodology the provider is using to do that documentation. Is it front-end speech? Is it traditional dictation? Is it self-typing? Is it templating? Is it some combination of all of those? Um, where the work, as I mentioned earlier, where the work is being done, how many times the providers are being queried, and how many different stakeholders within the organization had to reach out to the physician. I think if you look at all of those factors and make recommendations and then sort of follow up on them monthly or even quarterly, because it probably takes a few months to see definitive data on improvement, but you, again, it depends on, on access to the reporting with the EHR and how easy they are to get, um, but most transcription and dictation systems have readily available statistics on times of day and, and lengths of dictation. You could be looking at that on a monthly basis, at least some of the more detailed reports, maybe quarterly. But I think the overall measurement is gonna be when you pass that provider in the hall, how do they look? Are they harried? Are they scrambling to get to the next thing they have to do? Are they frustrated or have they, are they standing up straight and, and looking like their old selves again? That's the biggest measure. It's how they feel and how they're approaching day to day their, their jobs. Absolutely. I, and you're right. Something as simple as just, you know, interacting with a provider or seeing them, you know, in the facility um, and kind of gauging from there. How do they look? How does it feel? And and, and things like that. Um, have you seen any successes or have any advice on um, offering educational sessions to providers, um, potentially with CDI coders and IT, kind of just to bring everyone to the table um, and figure out how everybody can work collaboratively to you know, reduce or avoid burnout whenever possible? So I have seen um, great success in collaborative efforts between CDI coding and the HIM transcription documentation departments, looking at those queries, looking at ways to, um, you know, create templates for the providers to be able to be prompted to complete those details. There's some some front end speech tools that also give prompts and cues and collaborating on those to, to set those prompts up properly based on what the query levels are. Um, I've seen uh, considerable success uh, in reduction in queries in, in a, you know several facilities. Once the focus becomes not necessarily pushing a provider to comply, but helping the provider adapt his workflow to a compliant and timely documentation practice. 
Yeah, and you touched upon there, you know, something that I wanted to talk about as well. Um, most facilities, all facilities are going to have some sort of rules and standards around, you know, when a record should be completed and, you know, how that correlates with, um, you know, getting the bill out to the payer and, and making sure that things aren't just sitting um, you know, for too long um, in, the, in those systems. Um, do you have any recommendations for how to engage physicians who might not be compliant with, you know, the timeliness and completeness of their dictation, their, their medical record or their queries or anything that sort of falls on their shoulders for their portion of um, getting that clean claim of the door? Well, I think that that there's there's a lot of things that you can do. Uh, again, it comes from looking at the reporting and looking at how I believe there's a correlation between those people who aren't timely and some of the other attributes that lead to burnout. So once you've identified those physicians and look at their workflow, it may be something as simple as providing them with a mobile application for dictation and transcription that gives them easily identifiable patient demographics tied to ADT that reduces the time to create a dictation and gives them access to their templates while they're dictating. It may be additional at the elbow support from an EHR consultant or one of the trainers within the facility to really dig deep into their workflow. But I think the important part is, is that it's, it's gotta be cooperative. I think that what happens in some, some environments is that it, it almost feels punitive to the provider. And that's actually very detrimental and probably contributes. This has to be presented in a cooperative and supportive manner so that the provider recognizes that, that the person doing the outreach or the suggestions is really trying to help. And I think being able at the end of, of a trial of something, being able to show that there's a better case mix index, there's decreased length of stay, faster billing, better cash flow for the facility and lower denial rates, all of those things are going to be proof to the provider that this these are worthy uh, tools to try to utilize. Absolutely. Um, and thank you. You've made some really fantastic points here, Mary Pat, today about um, how folks can work collaboratively because at the end of the day, you know, if a, if a clean claim gets out the door and there's not a denial and you don't have to do any rework, you're not querying, that makes everybody's job easier. Um, any final thoughts that you'd like to share with folks um, around this topic? Well, I think um, it's important to also, um, you know, look and work with the IT support teams. Um, I, I think one of the things that may frequently be overlooked when you're looking at provider burnout is, is this provider struggling with just the basic functionality of the EHR? Um, have they opened more tickets than the average provider because something isn't working? Is there equipment somewhere where they're frequently documenting that isn't working? Meet with the IT team, get reports on tickets and, and specifics to documentation, and then you can make the determination, is this a 
retraining thing? Is it an equipment thing and that IT can fix and replace it? Or do you need to bring someone in who can work with that provider to make them more comfortable in the EHR environment? And, and that the problems aren't technical problems per se, but really usage problems. Um, that's often overlooked and really important data. If you've got a provider calling support for EHR, uh, you know, every single day because something doesn't work, work the way he or she thinks it should, there, there's a sign there that something isn't right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Mary Pat, for joining us today. Um, it has been fantastic getting to know you a bit and learning about your areas of expertise, and I appreciate you taking the time to share that with all of us. Well, I, I certainly appreciate you having me on here. Uh, I find your podcast very informative and educational, and I hope I was able to provide some insight for your audience today. You absolutely were. Um, certainly would not be the same podcast without someone like you on this show. Um, I always say it's a, it's a lot less interesting for people to just hear from me. So <laughs> um, really appreciate you taking the time. You're welcome to join us again on the show anytime you like, Mary Pat. Um, and that is just a reminder to folks listening that if you or a colleague that you have in the industry are interested in the podcast and would like to join us, uh, we are always looking for new speakers, be it solo or as a group, uh, pretty open format here on the Revenue Integrity Show. Just a note that our next episode on September 9th is going to be pre-recorded, so there will not be uh, a live version for those of you who'd like to join us live, uh, but that'll go right up on the website on September 9th, so you can still elect to listen to that episode uh, during your usual time. So thank you so much again to Mary Pat for sharing her knowledge with us, and thank you to all of you for joining us. We'll chat again soon. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks so much.